ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all those who defy gender norms and labels, because, hey, we like you too. Uh, welcome to another edition of the Toddcast. Uh, thanks for joining. Um, I'm going to jump straight into this guy. Um, actually got a question sent to me on the email. You can join in on that fun by emailing Toddcastpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, where, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have it in front of me because, you know, driving and safety and such, uh, but basically their question was, hey, Todd, don't, don't you have a, a blog that's all about games and isn't it kind of weird that you're, you're this far into your, your podcast and you've not talked about games at all? Uh, to which I give a two-part answer. Uh, part one, why yes, yes, I do have a blog that's all about games. Uh, Havelina's Game Closet is available for you to uh, take a look at at mygamecloset.wordpress.com. Feel free to check that out if that's the thing you're into. And part two is, you are correct. I have not broken into any of the game talk yet. So uh, we're going to go ahead and commence directly into fixing that problem. Uh, oversight on my part, but uh, easily fixable. So, big fan of games. Of, of all sorts, uh, I am what I consider to be a gamer, and I guess as a means of differentiating what I mean by gamer, because you say gamer to a lot of folks and they don't think of me and my idea of gaming. Uh, they tend to think of the folks that you know have the custom rigs with the uh, fancy keyboards and the wireless headsets they can talk to each other so they can, uh, you know... I don't know, World of Warcraft it or Halo or whatever it is. If Fortnite, I'm told, is a thing. I don't know. Um, that's their idea. Uh, let me be clear that I got nothing against those folks. That's your jam. Jam on. Uh, you know, I enjoy the occasional video game. Uh, it, it, every, as time goes by, it becomes ever more occasional. Uh, I think most of the gaming in that regard that I do now is on my phone. Uh, when I'm bored, I'll, you know, kick into some Sudoku or, or Risk on my phone. Uh, but PC gaming, console gaming, that sort of thing, uh, you know, I've certainly done it in the past, but that's not really a going concern for me. Uh, so when I say gamer, I am speaking of that in the more traditional sense of board games, card games, uh, collectible card games, if you will, uh, role-playing games, war games, things that, you know, you, you get together with people and physical components and play. Uh, again, got nothing against the gamers and their video games and, and their thing. Props to you. Just not something I'm that super into these days. Uh, I got just not, not into it. Um... So like I said, my, my interest in games runs quite the uh, the wide variety in, in the field there. Uh, Abby and I very often will get together and uh, play cribbage. Great fun. If uh, you've not played that one, as I've, I've mentioned before, check out the blog. It'll tell you all about it. Um, Backgammon is a, is a good classic favorite when we've got a few moments. It's, uh, it's fun. It's quick. It uh, has, you know, elements of strategy and luck, which is a, a good combo. Uh, I could go on 
about, you know, some other traditional type games. I could get into a whole thing uh, about war games, particularly my latest uh, thing that I've been into, which is War Machine and or Hordes by Privateer Press. Uh, but I'm not going to. Um, one, there are a couple of delightful posts on the blog you can check out there, because I'm just going to apparently shamelessly plug that thing throughout the entire episode. Uh, and perhaps in a future podcast I can get into that in a little more detail. Uh, but I think for today, we're going to focus on, you know, the classics. Uh, what got me into gaming as a, a serious hobby beyond, you know, oh, I occasionally play games with my family. Uh, the things that made games an integral part of my life. And for anyone who knows me, you know where this is going. Uh, for any of you that don't know me, you're about to find out. Uh, but I'm talking about role-playing games. Uh, you say role-playing games to most people, and for those who you know don't have their minds in the gutter and immediately think of some, some naughty bits, uh, when they think of role-playing games, the first thing that often comes to mind is the classic Dungeons and & Dragons. And and don't worry, we, we will absolutely talk about that. Um, but there have actually been quite a few role-playing games I've enjoyed, and I, I kind of like to hit, hit you up with a little potpourri, miscellaneous uh, selection of those rather than just immediately dig into the, the granddaddy of, of RPGs and go too deep down that rabbit hole. Um, my history with role-playing games starts back in what I'm going to say was probably 1987. I was in the 8th grade. Um, My best friend Mike, we hung out all the time. Uh, One of our mutual friends, whose name escapes me uh, because it's been so long and we only were in school together for the 8th grade. Um, Scott, maybe? I don't know. Um, if you're the guy I'm talking about and happen to hear this, drop me a note and I will, you know, issue a correction if you want your name in, in podcast light. Um, not really the point. Um, we're hanging out in 8th grade after lunch on the playground talking about, you know, stuff. And dude whose name I can't recall had recently acquired a copy of the... Star Wars, the role-playing game rulebook. Now, prior to this, I'd never played role-playing games. All I knew about them was that, oh, that's like D&D, the devil's game, because of, you know, heavily enforced Christian upbringing, and I grew up during, you know, the satanic panic of the time frame. Uh, But this was Star Wars, and as has been previously mentioned, I am quite the big Star Wars fan, and thought to myself, well, D&D may be, you know, just pure evil, but this is Star Wars, so it's clearly different. We, we need to, you know, get this happening. Um, Mike had a Transformer that, I forget, Starfire, perhaps? He's the red and white one that turns into a jet, and when you turn him into a robot, he looks like a thing from Robotech. Feel free to write in and correct me on that one, too, but I, I, I want to say Starfire. Anyway... Mike had that. Dude wanted that in exchange for the Star Wars RPG manual. Um, They thought it would be a good idea to swap, and I absolutely agree. It was a a life-changing event. Uh, Because that happened. 
and Mike got him the rules and read up on how that works, and I said, I'm in. Let's do this. Uh, and we proceeded to play. Um, again, not going to bog down in the mechanics of the game and, you know, go too deep into that. I'm not sure who's listening and who's, you know, that keenly interested in, in it. Again, if you are, let me know, and I'll I'll deep dive into that for, you know, hours if need be. Um, but for those of you who are not familiar with the concept of role-playing games, the the easiest way to describe it to to the layman or laywoman, as the case may be, layperson, we'll go with layperson, is um, there's a person who is the game master, or dungeon master if you're playing D&D specifically, but the game master who sort of creates a world for you to, to inhabit uh, by telling stories. Um, you know, they'll, they'll describe the setting, you know, you are in a, you know, cantina on the sand planet Tatooine. There are a variety of aliens around you, and they describe and tell you where you are. And the you in this uh, example is your character, uh, who you are playing in the role-playing game. Uh, and so your character, you know, it's you, but it's not actually you. When I'm, you know, doing role-playing, at no point am I portraying Todd, the, you know, extra verbose and dashingly handsome, uh, you know, middle manager in Ohio. That would be an incredibly um, dull game, let's say. Uh, no, you're, you are playing as someone else, hence the role-playing aspect of the role-playing game. Uh, so in Star Wars, you know, you create your character, and he's a, he's a smuggler, or he's a pilot, or he's a Jedi, uh, and you, you make this person up to be whatever it is you want them to be. You know, what they look like, what they're wearing, how they act, you know, who their friends are, what kind of gear they're hauling, you know, all that stuff. You, you make it up. There are rules, uh, because whenever you're trying to do something that, you know, is not guaranteed as success, like let's say you're trying to shoot at a stormtrooper, uh, you know, there, there are rules for that. You roll some dice, you, you, you know, depending on how skilled you are, you're trying to roll a number based on how tricky, you know, in this example, how tricky the shot is or how well they've dodged. And if you roll well enough, you hit. And then you roll some dice to see how much damage you do and so on and so forth. Um, it's kind of, Role-playing is kind of a combination of a choose-your-own-adventure book, for those of you familiar with those. If you are not, hop on Wikipedia right now and or Amazon and get you some choose your own adventure books they are they are rock solid um where a story is presented to you and you make choices and depending on your choices say how the story goes uh the difference here is that instead of it being very scripted and at the end of everything you only have one or two choices you've got a human person who's telling you these stories and you can pretty much decide to do whatever in the heck you want and that the game master will you know tell you what happens, depending on, you know, what it is you're trying to do and how the story uh, is going. Uh, so it's kind of a mix between Choose Your Own Adventure and the good old-fashioned, you know, cops and robbers you'd play as a kid, where you're know, running around, oh, I'm the cop and you're the robber, and, uh, you know, I run here and I, you know, say bang and shoot at you. Except there are rules in place so that when you say you're shooting somebody, you can determine if you actually hit and what it does as opposed to, you know, when we were six, and you go, I shoot you. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Well, you missed. No, I didn't. And you can ignore, you know, you can get around all those fights. You, you can, 
there's a rule set to to enforce these sorts of things. Um, so we started playing Star Wars, uh, the role-playing game. Um, my first character was a cyborg weapons master named Quirt, uh, because, of course, I was taking a computer class at the time, and we were learning the keyboard. And for those of you familiar with the upper left-hand side of the keyboard, uh, Q-W-E-R-T is what those keys are. So at the heights of imagination of my eighth grade, uh, I named my dude Quirt. Um, he was well-armed. Uh, he was well-armored. He kicked a lot of butt. And he met his unfortunate demise, I believe, in a black hole because the pilot didn't astrogate properly and we hyperdrived right into, you know, a black hole of some sort. It was unfortunate. Uh, but life goes on. When in, in the role-playing games, your character dies, you just make a new one and keep playing. Um, again, referencing the, uh, the dark times of the 80s with the uh, hype around the satanic panic where people were like, oh, my D&D character died, so now I need to jump off a building. That was rare and extremely rare and almost never happened. And if you actually do your research, most of the cases where that happened, that person didn't just play D&D. They also were on a variety of drugs and had a variety of mental issues on top of it, such that their character dying was not really the, you know, initiating event in that actual human's uh, unfortunate demise. Uh, but that's what, you know, the media sort of capitalized on. Um, particularly some extremely slanted media, looking at you, 700 Club, um, and raised a giant panic and had a bunch of mothers really upset about what was actually a bunch of young folk hanging around a table talking and rolling the occasional die. Um, but that is kind of the context under which I started role-playing. Um, knowing that, you know... Dungeons and Dragons was, you know, forbidden and the devil's plaything and so forth. There was some hesitation there on, you know, going about doing this and do I tell my parents or, or not to tell my parents? Do, do I sneak around and do this or, you know, how should I handle this? And uh, at first it just wasn't mentioned. Like, I'm going to go hang out at Mike's, um, you know, and, the, you know, the less detail you give on what you're doing, the less questions you have to answer, I guess, was my theory. Uh, but eventually, you know, my my conscience sort of got to me that, you know, maybe I should say something and make sure this is cool. Uh, and so explain to, to mom and dad that, you know, hey, when I go up to Mike's, you know, we're, 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 we're playing a role-playing game. It's Star Wars. You know, my character is, you know, fighting against the, the evil empire. And, you know, is that cool? And... Of course, because it's a role-playing game, they're like, you're playing Dungeons & Dragons? No, I'm not playing Dungeons & Dragons. I'm playing Star Wars. We all like Star Wars, remember? Star Wars is a wonderful allegory of, you know, good versus evil, and I'm playing good. This is not D&D. &D. This is not the devil's thing. This is cool. You should you should be cool with this. You're cool with this, right? Um, and they were mostly cool with it. Um, I think they were maybe concerned by the volume of play, and because, let's face it, back in that time frame, you know, wake up in the morning, go to school, get out of school, go home, have a snack, go immediately to Mike's and play Star Wars, 
until I had to come home for dinner. Um, come home for dinner, have dinner, be done with dinner, try to go back up to Mike's to either play some more or talk about it, and or hop on the phone to talk to Mike about it. Like, I mean, it, it was a bit of an obsession because it was great fun and it was stimulating for the mind. Not that I was, you know, possessed of Satan and must and had to do it. Um, and I think that was maybe a little bit of an initial concern for them that I was so into it that that was, you know, of concern. But not to the point to where they, you know, locked down and said, you, you, you can't do this. So things proceeded, and that was good. And uh, I want to say it was either the tail end of the eighth grade year. It might have been over the summer. might have been the beginning of my freshman year. Not quite sure. But a um, couple of the guys that we played with, uh, Star Wars, um, mentioned, hey, how about D&D? Uh, and Mike had the D&D books, uh, first edition, back in the day, uh, and all the dice and everything to go with it already, um, and they're like, yeah, let's do that, let's try that out, and me, I'm kind of, mm, I don't know, that's, I've heard bad things, I don't know about all this, uh, and the way I'm about to describe this is going to come off like it was peer pressure but it was not, like, they were like, you know, this is this is not what you think it is. This is this is okay. This is fun, and we'd like for you to join us. Here's why it's okay, but it wasn't peer pressure. Um, but they're like, look, a lot of the stuff you hear about D and D is just not right. Um, we don't put on robes. We don't try to practice magic. None of us have swords. We're not going into any steam tunnels. None of us are worshiping the devil. This is very much like the Star Wars game we're playing with slightly different rules, and in a different setting. You're not, you know, making pacts with the devils. You're, you know, much like your hero is fighting against the evil empire, your D&D character is, you know, slaying dragons and devils and fighting against people. It's just a different setting. Um, and, you know, if you're, you know, not into it, that's fine. We're cool. We're going to do this. Um, you know, speaking about him and, and the other guys, they're like, we're going to do this, you know, with or without you. If it helps, you can hang out while we're playing, and you can see how it's really not that different from what you're doing right now, and it's not actually evil, despite what you've heard. Um, and that's the route we went. And I sat down, and they played, and I'm like, yep, bunch of guys sitting around a table telling stories rolling the occasional die, it's just no longer a space opera, now it's a fantasy setting. Cool. How do I roll up a character? Um, and thus that legacy began. Now, mind you, this was absolutely forbidden and will cause problems later, as you will hear in the tale. Um, because I had crossed over into this is okay with the folks to, I guarantee this is not okay with the folks territory. Um, but we played, I lived, no animals were mutilated, no, you know, corpses were desecrated, no dark pacts were made with, uh, you know, dark beings. Um, and things, it, it was fun. It was good stuff. Um, you know, we, we, we rolled on. Um, few months into it, um, Mike kind of looked, you know, we're sitting hanging out talking about the, the game one day, and he's like, 
you know, I'm getting I'm getting a little burned out, uh, you know, because being the game master or dungeon master, as the case may be, it, it's a fair amount of work. You're the guy who, you know, creates the world the folks are living in. You're the one that, you know, designs the dungeons and populates them with creatures and puts the magic items where they need to be and gets the story going. Like, you are the author. There's a lot of work there. Um, and, you know, some bookkeeping to know how many experience points everyone gets and, you know, where where the next adventure is going to be. It's, it's, it's a lot of stuff. Uh, and Mike had been doing it for a while, and like I said, it's it's not like if I were going to start playing D&D again nowadays to where, you know, oh, we're going to play for, you know, four hours every, you know, once every two weeks. This was every day. School's done. We're D&Ding it for as long as we can. And that's that's hard to maintain. Um, so he mentions he's getting a little burned out, and, you know, also he kind of misses playing, because it is a different experience, running a game versus playing in a game. Uh, and I looked at him, I'm like, well, what if I DM'd? He's like, are you into that? I'm like, well, you know, I need to read the books and learn, you know, what you need to do to do it, but I'm down, I'm creative, I enjoy the hell out of this, what, you know, I'll, I'll make some dungeons, shit, yeah, let's do this. Um, so he did. You know, he's like, here's the Dungeon Master's Guide, here's the Monster Manual, read up, let me know if you got questions, we can, we can do this, I'll roll up a character, the other guys can just keep their characters, if that's cool, and I'm like, sure, that's fine. Um, and so I started, uh, Dungeon Mastering. Um, it was also great fun, as mentioned, you know, sort of a creative guy, enjoyed that sort of thing, uh, made some, made some cool dungeons. Um, at that stage in the game, D&D was, I mean, there were stories, there were tales being told, there was, you know, there were plot lines to the adventures, but a lot of it kind of was geared more towards, uh, you find a dungeon, you go into the dungeon, you kill all the beasties, you take all the goodies, you go back to the town, you level up, you find the next dungeon. Like, there wasn't necessarily a whole lot of plot in it. <laughs> um, there could be, there was occasionally, but for the most part, it was it was dungeon crawling. Um, and I made that happen quite well. Um, and things were, things were wonderful there. Uh, you know, into high school at this point, met up with some other folks uh, who also were interested in the game, um, some of which whose parents were all down for it. I remember going to Jeff's house for a birthday party uh, at one point, and there being, you know, a, we're going to stay over afterwards to where, you know, we we had cake. Um, I may or may not have eaten the candles to weird out his mom. We'll not talk about that right now, but we had cake, and then when everything broke up, we went into the room, we played D&D, she was aware, she was down, it was all good. She understood that it was just a bunch of guys sitting around telling stories, rolling dice. Um, there were other guys I played with whose parents were more aligned with mine, in that if they found out they were playing, they were in very deep shit. Um, and so we kept that on the down low for those folks. Um, you know, we kind of covered each other's backs. Um, you know, until the fateful day that I opted to not take the D&D books with me to school. Uh, normally, you know, they'd be in the backpack, and I'd take them to school and in study hall and whatever, do my thing, 
and then, you know, after school, drop them off at, you know, Mike's house or whatever. Um, and when I was home, I would stash them somewhere. Uh, we had bunk beds that had this, like, wire underneath the bed that was just enough space to wedge the Dungeons Master's Guide between that wire and the bottom of the bed. So if you looked under the bed, you wouldn't see it, because it was kind of up under. You really had to work for it. Um, and one day I'm like, you know what, I know what I've got going in classes. I've got this test, that test. I'm not going to have any time in study hall. There's no sense in me running the risk of trying to smuggle these in and out. I'm just going to leave them stashed where they are. Bada-boom, bada-bing, good deal. Go to school. Things happen at high school that I can't be bothered to remember right now. Uh, got home, went upstairs, closed the door, went under the bed to, grab, to whip out the DMG so I could read up on a thing, and it's gone. And I'm like, well, I know I put it there. It certainly didn't walk away on its own. Um, no one else would have gotten into here. Hey, Ma, what's up? What you been doing in my room? Um, and I'll skip you the fancy bits of that exchange. It's, it's not flattering for me or my mom. If you're listening, Ma, hi, Ma, I'm telling that story. Um, but sure enough, she, you know, felt, felt the presence of the Lord move her to check out my room or whatever the story was there. And she, you know, dug in pretty deep to find them and found the stuff and confiscated them. And, you know, it was, who have you been, you know, playing with? You need to name names. Um, so... Our group consisted of one, two, three, four, about six other guys. Um, at least two of which would guaranteed be in super deep shit if they found out that they were playing. Um, one of which was kind of like, wouldn't necessarily care that their son was playing, but would be upset that he was part of something that was tricking other parents. And there were two parents that were like, I don't give a fuck. Your parents are stupid for being upset about this. This is keeping you off the streets and off of drugs. You can come play roll dice anytime you want. Uh, So those are the two guys whose names I named. Uh, And they were cool with it, and their parents were cool with it, and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I go hang out with those guys. Um, Which kept the boys out of trouble from their parents. It also, as it turns out, meant I was still allowed to associate with them because the eventual punishment that came down was, as I remember, two months of grounding. And grounding in that day meant you're in your room, you are allowed to use art supplies or read books. Uh, No computer, no TV. I can't remember if the radio was involved as part of grounding, but it was was locked down. as well as you are no longer allowed to associate with those folk, period, like indefinitely. Like they, there, there is no point in time where you are allowed to hang out with these devil worshippers, um, which was unfortunate. Uh, it also brought the question of whose books are these? And they were Mike's, and Mike's mom was the one that, while she didn't care that we played, it was a little upsetting to her that I wasn't allowed to play and that she was enabling it. So I couldn't really say they were Mike's because, A, he'd get in trouble, and B, I wouldn't be allowed hanging out with Mike, and he was my best friend at the time. Uh, Ron, on the other hand, 
her mom was very strongly in the I don't give a shit, your parents are stupid camp. We all went to his house to play more often than not. Um, I'm like, yeah, those books are Ron's. To which she says, well, Ron is going to have to come. Ron's mom needs to come here to get these books. I'm like, I can't take them with me to school to give them to him. He's like, no, I need to talk to his mother. That did not go the way my mom expected. Um, Ron's mom was a, what you would nowadays call a strong, independent woman. And I say that with um, reverence and um, with uh, admiration. She was a single mom that had four kids that had a job and kept a tight ship and kept all those kids sane and sober and so forth. And she was not one to put up with any kind of bullshit. Uh, so, you know, I tell the fellas, uh, so here's how that played out. You know, I got caught, and here's how this goes. And by the way, Ron, you and Jeff, I can't actually associate with and hang out with anymore. So we're going to have to come up with some cover stories for us to play D&D. Because uh, I wasn't going to let this stop me. Um, and by the way, Ron, I told her, told Mom that they're your books, and she wants your mom to come by and get them. And we had a good laugh about that, because we kind of knew how that was going to end up playing. Um, so sure enough, a day or two later, you know, Ron and his mom show up on our doorstep, and she knocks, and she's like, Ma'am, you have items that belong to my son. And Mom starts to say, Yes, let's talk about that, to which she says, No, we're not going to talk about that. You have items that belong to my son. You can give them to me now, or you can, you know, be a thief. Uh, but you need to understand, no, all I need to understand is that you have my son's possessions and need to hand them over. Um, I'm pretty sure Mom was going to tell her about how it was the devil's plaything and that it was leading her child to Satan and how everyone's soul was at risk. But uh, Ron's mom was just was not having it. Um, and it was everything in me, not, you know, just to keep it together. Um, as Same for Ron. Um we got the books back, which Ron then just gave them right back to Mike, and we, you know, weaseled our way around, and, you know, well, I'm going to Randy's, and Randy would come by in his car and pick me up, and we'd drive straight to Ron's and play D&D. Uh, I had to give up dungeon mastering at that point, because I can't get the books in, and it was, you know, too hot. And Also, there was a two-month break uh, that wasn't fair to the boys. Uh, so I want to say Mike took over DMing again, um, and when we played from that point forward, he was the DM. Um, but good times, good times. Uh, also interspersed in that time period, uh, in addition to Star Wars and, and D&D, uh, we discovered the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles role-playing game, uh, which I dare say most people don't know existed, uh, which is sad because it was fantastic. Uh, slightly different rule system. The thing about games back in those days is every different game in addition to having a different setting also had its own rule set <laughs> that you had to learn um, but TMNT was pretty fantastic because you didn't play the turtles um, because frankly in a role playing game you don't want to play a character of someone else's, you want to make up your own uh, so the rule book had rules on how to make mutant animals of just about any animal you could think of uh, my favorite was a porcupine, porcupine uh, martial artist 
uh, again with the freaking original and imaginative names. His name was Spike. Ha <laughs> uh, But he, you know, carried Newsy and had Quill armor and would body slam you into a wet spot on the pavement. Uh, he was a community, he was, his skill specialization was in communication, uh, radios and such. Um, there was an excellent, uh, adventure we went on where we were raiding a, some sort of government facility or camp, uh, and he wired all of their radios to key to the local FM station, and then requested that they play Led Zeppelin's communication breakdown at a particular time, and then orchestrated it so that all of their radios came on at that time uh, so as to cause a distraction so that the team could go in and raid the whatever. I don't remember the specifics. I just remember that it was a pretty awesome use of uh, radio skills in a, in a role-playing game, uh, and I got to you know use Led Zeppelin as part of it. It was, it was pretty rad. Um, we tried Middle Earth role-playing. That game system was arcane and difficult, and that didn't last long. Uh, the boys played Robotech, which used the same game system that TMNT did, which made it convenient, but I've never been a big Robotech guy, so I think I sat that one out. Um, Shadowrun was fantastic. It was a cyberpunk game uh, that blended cyberpunk and fantasy elements, so you had folks that had all sorts of cybernetic implants and, you know, were hacking into the Matrix uh, sort of thing, running missions alongside shamans and mages. Uh, and their, the, the background and storyline for that was, was fantastic uh, in that they created a world in a setting that um, in the near future, I think it was like 2052, but somehow magic came back to the world so that you could have shamans and mages. And it, uh, when this happened, they called it the awakening. And it uh, triggered genetic mutations in people such that, you know, at puberty, they turned into orcs and dwarves and trolls and elves and stuff. And it was a beautiful fusion of fantasy and, you know, near future modern cyberpunk uh, sort of things that was just excellent. Uh, we came across that one because there were, you know, we saw the books in the game store, and they had, uh, the book in particular that I'm thinking of was the Street Samurai Catalog. It was basically a book full of, you know, guns and gear and cybernetics and stuff for Shadowrun that you could use to make your characters in Shadowrun. Uh, but... I had a character who recently, like, lost a leg or, or an arm or something in Star Wars, uh, in some shootout with the Imperials, I'm sure, and we're like, can we adapt this to be in Star Wars? And so, never played Shadowrun, didn't have any idea how that game worked or what it was about, got this book, and sort of on the back end, kick-bashed the rules to adapt it to Star Wars, um, which was pretty cool. And then they came out with another Shadowrun book, whose name I forget, that was a similar thing. You know, here's a bunch of cybernetics and a bunch of weapons and stuff, and we got that and did the same thing. And eventually I'm like, what, what if we actually tried out the game these books were printed for? Um, and we did, and it was awesome. 
and we played the, the heck out of that. Um, I think that covers the major categories growing up. Uh, when I went off to college, we played some D&D there, played a little bit of D&D with one group of friends, played Star Wars with a different group of friends. Uh, when I went into the Navy, uh, I introduced D&D to that crew, and then later introduced them to Star Wars. Um, and I think maybe a little bit of Shadowrun, possibly, I think, yeah. Um, got out of the Navy, moved to Florida, and got that game group, you know, that group of friends to play, uh, D&D. Um, it's been a, the thing that's been part of life, you know, ever since the eighth grade. Um, and it's been fantastic. It's been fun. Uh, it's been educational, um, I can't stress the amount of stuff that you learn in playing these games. Uh, my vocabulary has been greatly enhanced by having played these games and reading those books and it inspiring me to read, you know, other books, nonfiction and fiction alike, uh, for, you know, because I've been inspired by those games. Um, math skills. Uh, there's a fair bit of math involved with this particular game, uh, that, that's helpful. Uh, it's great for social interactions because um, you're hanging out with a bunch of people talking, um, number one. And number two, you are role-playing. When you, you know, just got your, you know, pile of gold from the latest dungeon and go into the town to try and buy a magic sword, um, you are role-playing your character talking to the local wizard to buy that sword. Um, it's a lot of practice for for stuff that comes in handy later in life. Um, so if you've not done role-playing, you should. Uh, you should check it out. Um, there are lots of outlets for that nowadays. Uh, we are thankfully no longer in the satanic panic. It's actually become kind of cool for people to uh, do the D&D. If you want to see what it's like, there are plenty of uh, things on YouTube where you can watch people play, plenty of podcasts about it. Um, there's one particular blog that I can think of that speaks to about it on length. Um, something about a game closet. I don't know. You could probably Google that um, and get some information there. Um, that is my piece for today. Uh, I just pulled into my parking spot. I'd like to thank you all for joining me. If you have any questions or things you'd like me to talk about, again, uh, ToddCastPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can hit me up on uh, Twitter at, at @casttodd with one D. Um, or if you're using Anchor, you can shoot me a voice message and we can talk about that. Uh, subscribe on all of the things. Um, rate me highly on uh, the Apple Podcast thing. That apparently means a whole lot, and I'm down. Uh, thanks for joining me, and have a fantastic day, evening, night, morning, whatever it is that you, it is where you are when you're listening to this. Thank you. And that's it.